0: Hey there, everybody. So as you probably noticed, this is a rebroadcast of one of our previous episodes, an episode that I particularly enjoy, uh, episode two, talking about wisdom. And I want to give a little explanation for why we're rebroadcasting this and why that's happening now before we get into this episode. The first is that I've recently been reading through the book of Proverbs as I study the scripture and i was really inspired by that you know i think proverbs is one of the greatest books for just uh, those special little nuggets of wisdom there in the bible and so as i read through that i started thinking back on past episodes and i realized that it's been a pretty long time since this episode aired and so in thinking on the wisdom in scripture i was inspired a little bit to to go back and uh, just to present this Topic of scriptural wisdom again. But there is another reason why we are doing a rebroadcast this week, and that is because uh, we currently have several very exciting interviews in the works, and all of those things are are sort of coming together, and we're certainly very blessed to have those interviews. We're just uh, abundantly blessed as it happens, and all of those are sort of lining up at once. So that has certainly kept things. A bit busier than normal. But I am very excited for those interview episodes coming up soon. We will have some new guests as well as at least one returning guest with us for those. And I am sure that it's going to be some very exciting and engaging conversation. So be sure to tune in over the next couple weeks as those interviews start rolling out because I am certain that those conversations will be a blessing or an encouragement in some fashion or another. But with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into today's episode, which is a rebroadcast of an episode from long ago in the podcast, Episode 2, Wisdom. (laughs) What is up, everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler, and I am your host. Thank you for joining us today. So today's episode, episode two, Wisdom. I'm very excited for this one. Wisdom is one of my favorite biblical topics, and I'm also a big fan of the book of Proverbs, which has a lot of verses about wisdom, so very near and dear to my heart here. I want to go ahead and get started with a simple question. What is wisdom? And why should we seek true wisdom? So, if you were here for episode 1, you kind of know how this works, how I like to do things, but I'm going to go ahead and establish a basic definition, just so that everyone is coming into the later discussions with somewhat of a similar foundation of understanding. I think this just makes things a lot easier for the later discussions so that we're all on the same page. With all that out of the way, what is wisdom? webster dictionary defines wisdom as knowledge and the capacity to make use of it so right away we're seeing a distinction between knowledge and wisdom a great analogy that i came up with while i was thinking on this is if you have ever gone fishing or you know anyone that's gone fishing you know that everyone carries a fishing pole and reel and a tackle box full of bait and line and hooks and sinkers really everything you need to have a chance of catching a fish So, I like to make this comparison. If you think about it, knowledge is like your tackle. That's your hooks and your bait. Wisdom is like your pole and fishing line. What I mean by that is, the wisdom allows you to make use of the knowledge. That tackle isn't very useful if you don't have a pole and line. Otherwise, you're just holding a hook in the water, dangling it around. You're probably not gonna have a lot of luck. But at the same time, if you go out there With a full reel, full of fish in line, and the fanciest pole on the market, you're not gonna catch a single fish with no hooks and no bait. So you gotta have both for it to function. You may have also heard it said that knowledge is knowing that tomatoes are fruits, and wisdom is knowing not to put a tomato in a fruit salad. That may seem kinda silly, but I think that's a fairly applicable example here as well. Have the knowledge, but you have the wisdom Of how to apply that knowledge effectively now moving on to our first discussion question here false wisdom exists how do we tell the difference you may have noticed initially i asked the question what is wisdom and why should we seek true wisdom and that is because there is a difference between true wisdom and false wisdom more on that here in just a minute i'm going to be reading a lot of verses here from 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And if you were here for episode 1 again, if you have not listened to episode 1, I would highly encourage you to go back and give that a listen when you finish up with this one. It was all about forgiveness and it was some really interesting stuff. But if you weren't with us for episode 1, I just want to go ahead and let you know I like to provide a little bit of context for the verses that I'm going to be reading just because I think it's very easy to cherry pick verses, maybe a single verse or a pair of verses and lose the meaning sort of losing the forest for the trees so to speak so i'm going to be reading a lot of verses out of first corinthians a little bit of background on first corinthians this is written by paul and he is writing to the church in corinth a lot of these two books of first and second corinthians is spent addressing problems with the early church there in corinth one of the things you're going to see addressed here is this idea of false wisdom so with that out of the way we're going to go ahead and dive into our first set of verses it's from First Corinthians chapter three, verses eighteen through twenty. Let no one deceive himself if any anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God, for it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. Also, a quick side note here. All of these verses are going to be coming out of the ESV, that's the English Standard Version. Again, if you were with us for episode one, you may already know that. But to help alleviate any confusion, there's that quick PSA. So, these verses. The first thing that I want to call your attention to is that Paul is writing about divisions in the church. And he is referring to a worldly wisdom. You even see it said, For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. And when he writes worldly wisdom, this is talking about false wisdom. This is an example of what I'm calling here false wisdom. Also, when you read it, you get this air of pridefulness about worldly wisdom. It says, For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness, he being God. And I don't know about you, but when I read that word craftiness, it just gives me this sense of someone who is proud of their wisdom. Or proud of their cleverness. We're going to come back to that idea of pridefulness with worldly wisdom later. I want to go ahead and move on to our next portion of verses. These are also coming out of 1 Corinthians, but this time chapter 1, verses 20 through 25. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, So, a lot to unpack here. First off, I think that it's very obvious from the writings here that you see once you get a taste of God's wisdom, the wisdom that the world has to offer, just seems pretty lousy. This is an example of true wisdom, wisdom from God. Again, we see the term worldly wisdom or wisdom of the world. And that is another example of what I would consider false wisdom. You may recall the initial definition that we talked about, where knowledge is your foundation and wisdom is what enables you to put that knowledge to work. And really you can sum up false wisdom as taking the good, true, objective knowledge that you may have and then twisting that and perverting that into something that is sinful, that is not glorifying to God. In contrast, true wisdom, God's wisdom, is taking that same truth that objective knowledge that you have, and turning it towards something that is good, that is glorifying God, that is furthering his kingdom and his will. And so that's the contrast that I want to draw here. Quick tangent here, maybe getting a little off topic. However, I think that this also parallels very nicely with the idea of what sin is. Because ultimately, sin is also just a perversion of good things into something that is self-serving, that is against God's will. So we see this parallel between false wisdom, worldly wisdom, and also a sinful nature. Getting back to the topic of wisdom, you'll also see this idea of God's wisdom being greater than worldly wisdom amplified in Paul's final statement from this section. There at the very end, this is sort of a, a mic drop, if you will, where he says, The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. When I read this, the way that I interpret it, the way that I see it, is he's kind of saying, your best work on your best day isn't even coming close to what God can do. I think that that is also very important. Going back to the prideful error that we get from false wisdom and worldly wisdom, trusting and leaning on our own understanding, we see that God's ways are higher than our ways. And applying this to wisdom, we can also see that God's understanding is much greater than our understanding. Now that we have established what false wisdom is and what true wisdom is, though, I want to try to answer this question. How do you know the false wisdom when you're presented with it? How can you tell the difference between what is good, pure, true wisdom and what is a worldly perversion of God's wisdom? And I think the simple answer is, How can you tell when anything is a counterfeit? You have to know what the real thing looks like. If you were presented with a counterfeit product, but you were incredibly familiar with what the true product looked like, the characteristics, the features, what it is and what it isn't, you would spot that fake right away. But if someone came up to you and handed you, say, a fake Rolex, and you have no idea what a real Rolex looks like, you've never handled one, maybe you don't even wear a watch, you're going to have no clue that this is not the real thing. And that's the danger of not knowing true wisdom. When you come across false wisdom from the world, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. And let me assure you, there is plenty of false wisdom to be had in the world that we live in today, just as there was back in these times when this was written. I want to go ahead and move on to one more set of verses once again this is from first corinthians i know we're going pretty heavy into first corinthians today but there's a lot of great stuff in here that seemed very informational and very helpful when talking about this topic this group of verses is also from chapter one we're going to be reading on from the previous section we're going to get into verses 26 through 31 for consider your calling brothers who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. A lot going on in this section of verses. The big idea that I want to go ahead and hit first is we see this idea brought forward, this concept of Christ as our wisdom. It says right there in the verses, And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus Who became to us wisdom from God? The application of this, what we can take away is that if you're looking for true wisdom from God, a great place to start are going to be the teachings of Jesus and God's Word. Spoiler alert Jesus is the Word. This is a very popular verse. If you have been in or around church at any point in your life, it's likely that you've heard this, even if you don't recall it. It's from John chapter 1 verse 1 and it basically says in the beginning the word was with God and the word was God. The word being Jesus. These are great sources of true wisdom. Now you may recall that just a moment ago we talked about discerning false wisdom from true wisdom by knowing true wisdom and noticing the contradictions from worldly wisdom. In the same sort of way you will not find true wisdom that contradicts the teachings of Jesus that contradicts the Word of God. A great example of this is going back to that prideful air of worldly wisdom that we saw in the previous verses 1st Corinthians three eighteen through 20. This contradicts true wisdom from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 31 where it says let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. If you are proud of yourself of your cleverness, of your understanding, you're relying on that, you're going to be boasting in yourself. You're not going to be boasting in the Lord. Therefore, being proud, boasting in yourself, is false wisdom. And just like we previously discussed, this is simply a twisting and misdirecting of boasting in the Lord, which is true wisdom. Now there is one more question I want to go ahead and talk about, and that is, How do we get wisdom? How do we become wise? This is the million-dollar question, so to speak. We've already established what wisdom is, and we've already established just how important it is to have a good understanding of what true wisdom is, to accumulate true wisdom. But how do we get that? Well, the first thing that we can do to go ahead and seek after wisdom is to make sure that we have a strong knowledge base. Once again, going back to the initial definition that we established, you need to have knowledge to be able to apply knowledge. You could have a complete understanding of how to use every tool ever made, but if you open your toolbox and all that's there is a hammer and a Phillips head screwdriver, you're not going to get very far on most projects. In the same sort of way, you need to make sure that you have a base understanding of scripture. This is where simply reading scripture and taking time to think about The verses that you've read to pray about, the verses that you've read can be extremely useful to accumulating a strong base of knowledge. The great thing is that once you have even just a little bit of knowledge, God can cultivate true wisdom for you. And as you continue to study and to grow your knowledge base, then you open yourself up to become even wiser. There is no minimum that you need to have in order to get wisdom, to try to strive to become wise. There's also never a finish line. I promise that you could study your Bible every day for the rest of your life, and each time you open it there's going to be something there for you. There's going to be a way that you can grow in your understanding of who God is and what he has for you. The second way that you can get wisdom to become wise is to simply ask God for wisdom. I think that this is something that may come to mind a lot for anyone who is very familiar with scripture who has had any exposure to the story of Solomon. If you've never heard of Solomon, I'll go ahead and give a quick recap just for the purpose of this discussion. Again, there's a lot left here, there's a lot that I'm leaving out, so please go and study this on your own if you've never read this story. Essentially what happens is God comes to Solomon and says, Solomon, ask for anything. And Solomon asks for wisdom. And God is very pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom. And of course he is faithful to grant that to Solomon. However, he also is granted a lot of other wonderful blessings because he asked for wisdom with a servant's heart. What does this mean for us to ask God for wisdom? I want to go ahead and come at this from a prayer perspective because obviously prayer is how we talk to God. I'm going to go ahead and read James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, these verses are talking about prayer. I think that they are fairly commonly quoted, but very applicable in this setting. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. So here we see a very simple guideline for prayer and a fairly straightforward explanation of what it means to ask God for something. It says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. Which leads me to draw the conclusion, if you ask and you ask rightly, God will be faithful to give you what you need. And I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb here and say, If you ask for wisdom to align yourself with God's will to do his work, God is going to grant you wisdom. So that's the simplest way, is make sure that you are establishing a knowledge base, and then ask God for wisdom. Asking God for wisdom does not have to be some huge elaborate thing. It doesn't have to be a great undertaking. Prayer is about talking to God. It is about having that conversation with the Lord. It's not about how long your prayer is. It's not about how big the words that you use are. It is simply you having a conversation with God, who is your Heavenly Father. Now, alternatively, worldly wisdom furthers your own passions. And ultimately, worldly wisdom is about one thing primarily, and that's building ourselves up this is in contradiction to god's true wisdom again i will call back to the previous points that we've made about pridefulness as a prime example and this is asking wrongly so when you're asking for wisdom just go ahead and make sure that you're asking for god's true wisdom additionally i think that there's an aspect of humility when you're asking for wisdom if you think about it if worldly wisdom is leaning on our own understanding on our own ability and you turn to God asking for his true wisdom, then that in a way is admitting you don't have what it takes to understand, to know the best way, to apply the knowledge that you have, and you are trusting God to reveal that to you. So again, first humble yourself, and then ask God for wisdom. Think of it as not only asking for wisdom, but in a way asking for guidance from the Lord. And also remember that God answers prayers according to his timing and not according to our timing. That also means that God answers prayers in his ways, not necessarily according to our ways, because his ways are higher than ours. So God may just grant you wisdom. He may give you discernment for a particular situation where you need that wisdom. Or God may put you in situations that will grow your wisdom In situations where you will be around other people who can share their true wisdom with you and you can learn from them so always be looking for those opportunities as well because a lot of times I think if you ask God for something patience being a prime example God may put you in a situation where you can grow in that aspect of your walk that's why I've always heard people say be careful asking God for patience because if you do that He may put you in a situation where your patience is tested, where you have to grow in your patience to make it through that situation. That's just a joke. I'm not telling you to avoid asking for patience. Simply reiterating the point that you never know when or how God's going to answer those prayers, but keep asking faithfully and trust that as long as you are looking for true guidance, for true wisdom, then he's going to be faithful to give that to you, to build you up, and make you a useful vessel to do his work. And that is all that I have for you today, which means that this concludes Episode 2, Wisdom. Like I said at the beginning, I encourage everyone listening to use the topics covered in this episode as a gateway into your own study of God's Word. Hopefully one of the verses mentioned or perspectives offered has inspired you to dig deeper and further your understanding of who God is, and then take that understanding and apply it to your daily walk. With all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Count of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings.